0: Welcome to the Agree to Disagree Show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your
1: host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the inaugural show. First episode of Agree to Disagree live show. um, Let me tell you a little bit about myself. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Luigi Costanza. I used to be a podcaster, vlogger, and uh, haven't done it in a while, and I missed it tremendously. So I decided to rebrand myself and start a new show. And here it is welcome to the first one. So, uh, why am I doing this? Cause I missed it. I'm passionate. My friends and my family tell me I have a big mouth. And why did I call it? Agree to disagree is because I love agreeing to disagree with people when I'm having political discussions or cultural discussions or any type of debate. I just can't take it anymore. I just tell them, listen, let's just agree to disagree. And that's a polite way of ending the conversation. So, um, I'm super psyched. As you can see, we are, we are streaming live on YouTube uh, at Luigi Costanza. Very easy to find me and on Facebook at the agree to uh, disagree uh, page at agree to disagree show uh, on Facebook. Uh, You can as well put your comments, say hi, just to let me know there that you're there. Um, whatever whoever's watching just to say hi because I won't see uh, if there's any comments or whoever's viewing because I'm using another platform. Um, So without further ado tonight I'm so psyched to to have my first show my inaugural show here with my guest when uh, you know what I initially said let me ask Eric because you know when he gets too big he's gonna forget about people like us so let me get him on now you know that he's still Well, he's he's actually getting there. He's really getting there. You're going to see he's a great guy, super talented, funny guy. Hails from uh, Hamilton, Ontario. He's an actor, comedian. Uh, I actually met him when um, I was doing my podcast with uh, Heavy T, Tony Riccio. And he, Eric, was um, one of the comedians at his show when he was doing Heavy T and Friends comedy show. And just absolutely adored him. I saw him again when he opened up for Steve Trevino that night. They literally peed my pants. Uh, between eric and steve um he kind of reminds me of a mixture of john ritter and sebastian maniscalco you're gonna see i mean he's just it's physical comedy and he's just he's just a funny guy I just i just love eric honestly so i'm so happy super psyched here he is i hope i did you justice there hey, he is hey I dude c- that that was I, very I, just that was just <laughs> i caught you i caught you checking out your phone <laughs> i was sharing the podcast actually is I'm what i'm sh- doing uh awesome so let's, let's 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 start off with a cheers cheers jindan Chendan. you know I, I know i know eric i know if you eric. can't
0: tell i'm not i have only pretended to be italian but if by the amount of rings i'm wearing and the cheers then I i know what i'm doing
1: i know i know i know eric loves italians Oh, I wish I was. I wish i made weighed a career off pretending to be Italian. Can you imagine Italian without gluten?
0: I know. Like, I, I can't. I can barely live with it without it. And uh, like I said, I only pretend to be Italian. Um,
1: <laughs> but you're almost there. You're almost there.
0: I'm almost there. I've I yeah. put a I put a lot of work into this uh, this <laughs> uh, persona that I've created. Uh, you know what? It also is, and I say this it, seriously. I am a product of my environment. I grew up in the in the uh, let's call it the let's call it the laval of uh, hamilton i grew up in the most <laughs> italian neighborhood ever stony creek it's like uh yeah. hamilton's woodbridge and it's like you know montreal's laval every every major city has a small italian neighborhood and that's uh, I mean, they are all become big cities, obviously. But I mean, that's I, I, I grew up. Put it this way: I, I'm looking out my window here now. The people across the street don't speak English. The people behind me don't speak English, uh, <laughs> and I'm talking about because they speak Italian. And then two doors down, they also don't speak English because they never learned. I, they never well, cared to learn.
1: No, I mean, it was a same. It was even growing up. My my dad is 87. He still doesn't speak uh, a lick of English. No, he's probably First lived all. here for sixty years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does he care? And before my mom passed away, she didn't speak a word of English or French. It was one hundred percent Italian, and to be more specific, Sicilian. And we'll get in a little bit more into that after. Yeah, this is one of the subjects I want to talk to you about. Tell us a little bit about Eric Johnston. Where where did you come from? Um. Oh yeah tell us about yourself
0: i can give you a whole quick very quick rundown uh like i said like you said my name is eric johnson i'm an actor and comedian from stony creek ontario hamilton ontario uh i've been an actor since i was six years old i've been a stand-up comedian since 2010 i'm approaching 10 years as a traveling full-time professional stand-up comedian and in uh in in uh, the most recent times of coronavirus and quarantine i've started my own uh podcast and live show like this called eric johnston live and uh because uh i needed to perform i needed to stay sharp i need to stay writing i need to stay doing stuff so eric johnston live kind of took on a life of its own uh i just did it as a, again like this I, I should do that i miss it i would like to do that you know type situation yeah. like you did Yep. And uh, and and now it's, you know, I'm getting 400, 500 viewers an episode live and another, That's you awesome. know, a couple. Of, I mean, I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not signing, you know, $100 million deals to be on Spotify. And I understand that. But the 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 fan base that I've created in just doing this show for even the last six weeks of uh, people who kind of knew me but didn't know me now, they kind of really know me and uh, yeah it's it's created its own thing and it's it, it doesn't it, it doesn't fill the void that I get I'm having from yeah. doing stand up comedy because when I'm when I'm a stand up comic I do 200 shows a year That's uh crazy. and I'm on the road constantly and I've done some pretty uh, crazy amazing stuff you mentioned in my intro kind of reminding you of Sebastian which I understand we're both very high energy comics he is italian i pretend to be um <laughs> Uh, but I've been, mean, you know, I've been, I, I've been, you know, kind of related to uh, Dane Cook and stuff like that, Any kind of big, flamboyant, energetic comic, comedy, comic stand-up comic, uh, who's famous. I kind of get, you know, related to, which I I, yeah. I, I, I've opened for Sebastian. I love Sebastian. He's one of, he's one of my comedy heroes, and I would. I, love did, to, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I opened for okay. Sebastian uh, in 2016, 17, over a couple years ago. Awesome. Uh, it was just before he became the massive star that he is now. He was still very big, but it was a show at the Burlington Performing Arts Center in Burlington, Ontario. Uh, Seven hundred and fifty people in the in the theater. Wow. And I opened for him, and uh, and that was life changing for me. I've opened for Russell Peters at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles. So that's life changing for me. And and it yeah, just, yeah, ho- yeah.
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I got. I wanted to ask you about that. Okay. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you, guys. I'm not sure if you know um eric has worked himself you know worked himself up from the beginning and he did play as you just mentioned and i was going to lead up to and i was going to ask him the world famous comedy store in hollywood california yeah uh where the biggest comedians have have gotten their start right correct me if i'm wrong no
0: you're you're 100 correct it's the biggest comedy stage i'd say if not north america the world Mm
1: -hmm. and and how was it how was it i mean dude it
0: was it was amazing i i told the story last night on my show how after <laughs> it happened i cried in the parking lot because i was just so overwhelmed and joe rogan saw me crying in the parking lot so that was an interesting seriously yeah so what happened was you know how about when you're a stand-up comic you're basically the first five years of career you're you it's for free you don't make any money yeah. and you you're building your act now i kind of had a little bit of a benefit uh, because I was I'd been I've been an actor since I was six and I've been doing musical theater and theater and, and stage productions excuse me so I wasn't afraid of the stage of a lot of comics their first five years is just being comfortable on stage I was already comfortable on stage so I kind of had a little bit of a head start uh, but I really needed to work on in the industry it's called finding your voice find what yeah. you want to say on stage what you want to represent what your story is. Um, not what you, th- I always say this to young up and coming comics. I say, don't write what you think the audience will think is funny. Cause that's impossible to do Write What you think is funny. So I would write my story, my upbringing, my relationships, my neighborhood, my drinking stories. And I didn't care. Not that I didn't care if the audience thought it was funny, but I was like, no, this is it. This is me. And as soon yeah. as I kind of made that decision kind of five years in things kind of started to take off for me um uh, you know six years seven years eight years in i'm touring more i'm traveling all now i'm approaching 10 years in i've done all of north america uh uh, sorry all of canada back and forth most of the major cities in north america um and and yeah it just to get to a place like the comedy store so the way that story kind of happened was i was Uh, yeah i'll tell you how i was was i have actually performed there twice Oh, okay. uh, and I was actually scheduled to f- perform there this uh, June twenty eighth, but I don't think that'll be happening. The comedy yeah. store is closed till September. But I just heard it in a podcast the other day. September, so. wow, okay. Um, so I was in the Nashville, the Wild for the Wild West Comedy Festival. I was invited down by Russell Peters. Russell and I were just kind of, you know, chummy. Like we weren't really necessarily friends. Uh, and here's the thing about with Russell: Russell, people try to take advantage of him a lot because he's a celebrity and he's a canadian yeah. comedian and he's a canadian celebrity comedian and he's known for helping up and coming comics so there's this kind of uh level of um caution that he carries in his life and i would too where he just doesn't want to get take or no one's going to really take advantage of him at the end of the day he's still going to be russell peters but he doesn't want anyone take 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 from him understandable yeah so, I was invited to his uh, taping at Massey Hall, uh, his um, almost famous Netflix taping. And I was there in yep. Massey Hall when they were shooting it. And after the show, we were down in the uh, green room. And uh, Lennox Lewis is there, and uh, like all these famous rappers and hip hop stars from New York. Russell had thro- flown them up just to hang out with them while he did his special because he feels comfortable around <laughs> those guys uh some uh, blue jays baseball players anyways we're all standing around shooting the shit and uh russell so it came up russell you know what are you doing next week and he's like oh i gotta fly down to nashville doing the wild west comedy festival okay cool uh and russell kind of just said to me like hey you should come you should come down with us Mm -hmm. and i live in this space of my life where i just always say yes that is my that it's like that movie yes man I yep. always say yes and then figure it out. I mean, it, to a degree, if I'm going to be in a place where it's, you know, where I'm going to be in danger or anything crazy like that, obviously I say no. But I mean, it, for the most part, especially with stuff with my career, I say yes, because that's what life is about. Sure. So I went, okay, I'll see you down there. He's like, okay. He said, well, I can't get you down there and I can't put you up. But once you're there, I'll, I'll take care of everything. I went, okay,
1: cool. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll sleep in the car. I don't care. Yeah, yeah.
0: So that I'll was sleep- literally my plan. So I, I hopped in my car, I drove <laughs> to Nashville, 12 hours um okay got to nashville i got like i kind of i actually brought a friend of mine his name's boyan he's a bosnian drywall finisher his union just happened to be on <laughs> on strike at the time so uh he uh i said let's go down to nashville we're gonna go to wild west comedy festival plus nashville's a freaking crazy place let's just go so we go sure enough we drive 12 hours we get there check into some like fleabag motel uh i call uh, Russell's manager, Eddie, and he goes, yeah, we got two tickets for you, and, and Russell will says he'll talk to you after the show. Okay, cool. So we uh, we go to the show, Russell's great, uh, after the show, I kind of end up backstage again, and Russell goes mm-hmm. like, well, what are you doing now? And I go, dude, I'm here, I don't know, I just came down to Nashville party and whatever. He goes, well, I gotta do this script reading with uh, Jack White of the White Stripes and Bill Jeez. Burr at Third Man Records. He goes, that's kind of a really VIP thing, but I'll tell you what, there's an after party after I'll send you the address. And I was like, Okay, cool. So my buddy Boyan and I go to some honky tonk in downtown Nashville. We're drinking <laughs> and we're just like hanging out. And then, sure enough, Eddie's manager texts me, goes, "Hey, here's the address. Be here in at eleven forty-five or whatever." Okay, cool. Show up. I walk into the uh, to the room where the after party is, and standing in a circle is uh, Russell Peters, Bill Burr, Vince Vaughn, the actor.
1: Yeah, because is, isn't he? Didn't he start the Wild yeah, West? Yeah,
0: so Wild the Wild West Comedy so, Tour was started by Vince and his company. Now they have a whole festival in Nashville.
1: Okay, so basically and, you're in the Holy Trinity. Yeah, of so, I, so
0: so so I've told this story on my pack my podcast before, but I'll just okay. I'll give you the, the abbreviated version. Um, I uh I Russell Peters turns around, and he goes, "Hey, Eric," and I look at him, and I'm like, "Hey, Russell," and then Bill Burr and Vince Vaughn are like, "Wait, what's up, dude?" <laughs> And I'm like, I've had this dream before where I wake, I walk into a room and the biggest comics in the world know who I am.
1: No one pinch me, please.
0: Yeah. So I walk in. Sure enough, we're shooting the shit. Next thing you know, Vince Vaughn and I are talking and he goes, Russell goes to how Russell introduces me. He goes, Hey, Vince this is my friend, Eric. He's a really funny comic from Canada. And Vince goes, Oh, I love Canada. My wife's Canadian and his wife's from Vancouver. I'm Oh yeah, okay. I knew that. I used to live in Vancouver and I knew all that. And he goes, well, where are you from in Canada? I said, well, I'm from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. he goes, no shit. My mom is from Brantford, which is literally one town over. Yeah. So Vince Vaughn's mom is from Brantford. I had no idea. I had no idea See? either. So we he's learned, like, we... yeah, we learned something.
1: We learned, we learned something. something every new learned every yes, day, right? Yeah. <laughs> so
0: he says, oh shit. So next thing you know, he's like, "Way Gretzky Parkway. And I'm like, yeah, dude. And he's got his arm <laughs> around me. We're doing, we're taking fucking drinking Bud Lights and taking pictures and shit. So then, how I got to get to go to the comedy store is later in the night. I'm pretty drunk. It was a Bud Light sponsored <laughs> uh, after party. You're and, no uh,
1: way you're drunk, Eric. No yeah, no,
0: well, I'm a munching cake <laughs> at the end of the day. I remember that. I know how to put them back. Um. So, uh, am I allowed to swear on this show or no? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I just wanna, yes, I don't, yes, we didn't yes, have sir. that conversation. So it's, you know, just, you know the rules. I know swearing you know is just part of the rest of the story. S-
1: swearing is good. just yeah, we're, so, you know certain stuff. We're gonna stay yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So. Uh, so Russell and I are, are standing there, and he turns to me. We're both pretty drunk at this point, hmm. and uh, he goes, So, when are you coming to LA? And I looked at him dead in the face. I said, Would you have me down there and open for you, you fucking asshole? <laughs> Say this, this is- to Russell, Peter, right to his face.
1: <laughs> the booze talking, uh, and yeah,
0: yeah. It was just liquid courage. Every drink I have, I get an inch taller. And uh, so he looks at me and he's like, All right couple weeks fly down you can open for me in in los angeles and i was like holy shit i'm aware like, he's like main stage comedy store you can open for me and i was like holy shit okay so sure enough i went home got my, my mom donated some of her air miles i had some air miles from the lcbo we put them together i paid the tax my mom paid the tip and uh
1: if <laughs> i flew down to la and, and open for
0: him at the at the comedy store
1: it goes to show you have to have liquid courage yeah and uh, you know I, I in the risk of, of sounding um how can i say it uh corny you got to yep. ask the universe for it man if you would have never asked them, imagine eric you yep. would have never asked him i believe in happened? that
0: i believe in that i've i've lived my whole life that way and i i know for me personally every sunday night i make to-do lists every every sunday mm-hmm. night and now i i believe in there's a certain level of uh manifest manifestation and there's a certain level of hard work and and the Jim Carrey write himself a check for 30 million dollars and he cashed it three years later you know I believe in that to a degree but I think at the end of the day it just comes down to hard work it really comes down to showing up saying yes and continuously showing up shaking hands and working towards goals so every Sunday night I write these to do lists. I every month at the start of every month, I write a to-do list. At the start of every year, I write a to-do list. And my year to do lists are mostly career based. Um awesome. some of it's like run a half mile half a marathon and then I never do it because whatever. <laughs> but um
1: that that's just now you're being unrealistic. Yeah, yeah I'm a, I don't
0: want to be crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Seriously. And uh, so I write down goals like that. But sometimes I'll be writing down career stuff. Um and I I had already done the show in LA. And uh, I it was the following New Year's Day on January 1st, 2017, 2018, let's call it. I think I wrote in my in my to do list for the year, YYZ to LAX, Toronto to Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. I had no plans to go. I'd already been to L.A., but I didn't have any shows lined up. Mm-hmm. I met I had met some people down there, but I didn't know enough people to go down there and stay for any substantial amount mm-hmm. of time and no real plan uh i wrote it but i'm i'm thinking this as i'm writing it nah i don't know i don't really have a reason to go back there for now but i'll write it down anyways sure january 6th i got a call to fly to los angeles out of the blue from a friend of mine said dude i set you up with a bunch of meetings for this this and this we're gonna go to this this and this get down here as soon as you can i went okay those six That's days amazing. later, with no plans to go in the near That's future. That's amazing. So, is that magic? Is that uh, preparation? Is that manifestation? Is that the secret? Is that the ass universe? Yeah, it's all those things, but it's maybe, it maybe
1: it's a mix, mix of, of it's everything. All right, of the things I, I, and they, absolutely,
0: and they all came down to, to, to hard work. Yeah. and and you know, I I toured all over uh, all over Canada. I literally went from Nanaimo, BC to North City, Nova Scotia. You couldn't go the small the small city tour. Yeah, the it. small town yeah. tour. Yeah, yeah. So you you couldn't go any further either way. And yeah. I literally went to the tip to the tip, and um, and that even when I was booking that tour, there were some cities that I'd never been to, provinces, Saskatchewan, I'd never been to. Yeah. places that I'd never been to where I was like, I don't even have a market here. I don't even know anyone in this place. Yeah. And then it was just like, boom, 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 book, book, book. People are messaging me. I'm messaging them. You, blah, blah, blah. you,
1: you know, after for, three for, days, I was going to say, after three days, the entire tour was booked. Coast coast. It's incredible. It so was just like, for the people that don't know, this was amazing. Eric, I came up with this idea. When was it last year? Eric, or? Yeah, it was It was actually the last first year. leg
0: of the tour finished yeah. five days ago, a year ago. It was a two-month yeah. tour. I've it, It's been the saddest thing about this quarantine for me. Is um yeah, I'm staying motivated and I'm staying happy and I'm staying working and all that shit. And I'm very happy still. Mm-hmm. But the saddest thing is every day my Facebook memories is like, hey, last year yeah. you were in Edmonton, Alberta, doing yeah. a sold out show. Hey, last year yeah. you were in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. And that show was sold out too. My Facebook memories every day just kept hitting me for two months. So I did I did March fifteenth to May fifteenth of twenty nineteen. That was the Amazing. first leg. Like, that was the West Coast, and then I did. Uh, like September thirteenth to November fourth for the second leg of the tour, which was the East Coast. It, it, so,
1: it yeah. was. It. I loved it because I remember the way you started. Basically, if you guys don't know, Eric, I'd asked all you small towns in, in, in Canada would love to have me. Just you know, give me a buzz. Yeah, and that's how he planned his his tour basically. And he got these requests, and he was he was doing these small towns, and I remember following some of them. Like we're at the local hockey arena, like population was like, the, whole, the entire town was at the show yeah yeah Literally.
0: no i talked about that again on my, on my on my show last night i did a show a, t- a, a city in a town in saskatchewan called climax saskatchewan <laughs> yes uh population right. of <laughs> yeah, population of the town was 150 people That's and i sold out 120 tickets in the community <laughs> center which means 30 people stayed home so yeah That's, i got to experience that. that and that was really one of the highlights of my career and of that tour and of my life really i i do think that that was just such a special moment for me to pull I was literally when my car pulled into the town I was the only car with an Ontario license plate. I was the only car that didn't look like the others. Like they knew, oh, there he is. Because they could see me coming down the road from like 40 kilometers away. Being like, he's (laughs) um, humming, better prepare the community center. It was in flat Saskatchewan. Again, it was was just crazy. That's
1: amazing. Yeah, That's amazing. So listen, before we get into our little discussions. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, let's agree to disagree. We're disagreeing with my life Yeah, no, no, it's
1: good. You know what? I I think we're going to agree all night anyway. But I really wanted to ask you, and I wanted to tell the people that are watching, um, I, I came across a video that you did sort of a tribute to your father. Yeah. And I'm pretty much sure anybody watching this on my feed doesn't know who your father was. Yeah. And this, this video, oh man, it moved me so much. Every time actually you speak about your dad, just because I could relate because my dad is my hero. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't who he, you know, I'm not going to say because I'm going to make you tell the story, but my dad is my hero because he's 87 years old and I saw him work all his life in construction yeah. just to provide for his family. So. You know, but the way I see, the way you speak about your dad, um, God rest his soul, yep. uh, it's just beautiful. So t- tell us a little bit who and, and what your dad was on. Like. Well, actually, I'll move my fat head out of the way here. Um,
0: <laughs> that's that's yes. him right there. So that's, my dad was a professional wrestler, Canadian professional wrestler by the name of Bullwhip Johnson out of Hamilton, Ontario, aka Battleship Johnson, aka Danny the Bull Johnson, aka the Bull Johnson. <laughs> Uh, he was a uh, Canadian Wrestling Hall of Fame professional wrestler, as was my, my grandfather. My grandfather yes. was the original bull, and he was the original Mongol. He was the Mongol of, of 40s and 50s and 60s fame.
1: Amazing. Um,
0: so I come by my life as an entertainer pretty honestly, both my grandfather and father being professional wrestlers. Unfortunately, my, my grandfather passed away at 59, and my father okay. passed away at 49. Ah, jeez. And... Uh, my dad uh passed away nine days after my 13th birthday okay and it's rough yeah that's a that's a tough one and but yep. you know what it's it's i made a, a documentary called uh chasing footsteps which uh, i'll send to you to put on the page for the, the yes the is, is, that, is
1: that that's what i watched right yeah it was is yeah. it was about 10 minutes or uh, about five minutes yeah okay it's just yeah. over five minutes by the way i absolutely loved it oh loved thank, it. You. Loved, loved, thank it,
0: you that was a, it was a labor of uh, love for me i worked i worked on it with a a local filmmaker and director by the name of jay perry jay he jay, jay did a great job yeah he did yeah. an excellent job now um jay and i were talking over the christmas break and Jay's a, a local. Uh, he 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 owns his own charity. He makes all the, he does. Photographer. He's a photographer for the Toronto Raptors. He's a, he's one of those guys oh, who just okay. has, his, has his hands and everything and does them all excellently. We were shooting the uh, shooting the shit over the Christmas break, and we're having drinks and whatever. And I said to him just in conversation, I said, you know what, Jay? I feel like a lot of people know what I do, but not a lot of people know why. And he went, stop right there. That's the that's gonna be what we do a documentary on. And I said, okay, well, let's do it. So I pulled a bunch of home footage. I pulled a bunch of uh, wrestling clips. I pulled, we did an interview section. uh, We shot in a local theater here I actually teach at um and and it just told the story of my dad now i don't want to give away too much because i want people to watch it but it's basically the idea what of my my grandfather and and more so my father being an entertainer my life as a as a now a 29 year old professional stand-up comic and how that led to how i got here based on you know chasing his footsteps yeah um third generation third generation generation entertainer and uh i i I come again i come by it honestly and i work very hard at it and the uh, basically the idea of why i work so hard at this why i tour all over and book all these shows and 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 just and really go for it's because my dad did the exact same thing But when he got to every location, he had to wrestle somebody. (laughs) He had to get thrown into the ropes and backdropped and punched and kicked and whatever. And I always felt that... Uh, stand up comedy is a very hard job. It's a very energy takes a lot of energy and effort and, and 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 intelligence and all that stuff. But I'm not a wrestler. So if he worked that hard at being a wrestler, I'm going to work even harder at being a comedian. That's my job and that's my motivation and that's the footsteps that I chase. So that's basically the tagline of the documentary. It's a 5-minute mini doc. I could have submitted it to, you know, short film festivals mm-hmm. and stuff and I went, "No, you know what the purpose of this is just to see, just to tell the people, no, this is who I am. There's a big facade with the rings and the tuxedos and the, you know. I, again, I always make fun. I I do my podcast in front of a picture of my own fucking face.
1: <laughs> yeah, but so, you know what? Uh, yeah. I, I love that. But Larry David right next yeah, exactly, to you. That's awesome. right?
0: You gotta <laughs> That's even good. it out. Um, yeah, but, put your uh, dad right
1: in the middle. Awesome.
0: there's a there's a, there's, a, there's a certain level of of uh, bravado that I carry. Uh, and I think that's part of the entertainer, and that's part of being the son of a wrestler. I'm a very big guy, character-wise. But at the end of the day, I, I, in some ways, and I kind of alluded to this in the documentary, in some ways, I'm still just a scared 13-year-old boy who misses his father. Yeah. So it's like, you know, uh, I can I can flex and tan and all that kind of stuff. But the, at the end of the day, I'm just a guy who's just trying to prove it to his father. Well, and y- yeah, and that comes y- across, y- I think.
1: I, I did it, I think it does. It does and I think you have. And uh, we're not gonna get all sappy here. Yeah, this is a com- well, not a comedy. It's a comedy well, show. Yeah, no, it's yeah, comedy. it's a comedy show, but we're not gonna get sappy, but you know what? I, I really generally think that um that your dad would be proud because yeah. I I met you and uh it seemed like you had known me for years when we met at that small little club when when yeah. we did the Tony Riccho show. Yeah, 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 I asked you to be on my show tonight without hesitation. Yes, of course, Lou, of I'll course. do it, no problem. Um I just think uh, you're a great guy. And honestly, and I think your dad would be proud of you. And you know what? Don't forget, Eric, because I, I, I love one of my favorite comics, our are, are number one and two is Bill Burr and, and uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. And yeah. don't forget, Same. and I'm sure you know it Sebastian Maniscalco was serving, working in a hotel in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would run during his break to go do a skit, I think at the comedy store or somewhere yep. else. Yeah. He worked at the four seasons back.
0: down the street from the comedy. That's right.
1: That's right. And and serving Sylvester Stallone and this and that. And he was a complete nobody. So just you know what? When those yeah. dark days, I don't think you'll need them anymore at this point, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just remember that because I and I listen to his podcast, and it's just amazing what you guys go through and where you start from because getting into comedy is not easy. That's why I have so much respect for you guys. Um it, I, I can't even phantom the, the discipline. And the courage that it takes, first of all, just to get on stage and to continually get on stage when mm-hmm. you're having a bad night and when you think that you're never going to make it and look at you. I mean, it's 10 years. You said you start a comedy, right? Yeah. That's a long journey, man. That's yeah. a long journey. Well, they uh,
0: say they say it takes 15 years to make an overnight success. And uh, <laughs> love I'm that. 10 years in and I'm enjoying the ride. Now, yeah. have I had some dark days? Yeah. Has there been some shows that I show up to and there's no one there, or the promoter pulls you aside and goes, Hey, listen, I know we said we're gonna give you 500, but we're actually gonna give you more like a <laughs> hundred. And you go, Well, it was 100 bucks in gas to get here. You've I've had a couple of those conversations in my career. Uh, uh those days are, are behind me it, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make a living at this, but again, right now. I don't I don't have a living right now in yeah. the world the current situation in the world I'm not a i am a comedian but I'm not a working stand-up comic right now yeah you know it's not about uh about money for me as much as you know i I have a, a little bit of a safety net here in stony creek with my my dad passed away my sister's got her own house and it's my mom and I in this beautiful magnificent house in Stony creek where we kind of We coexist, and I have a safety net where I can come and go as I please, and that's and really, I'm living the Italian dream. I'm not (laughs) moving out. And uh, by the way,
1: your mother is a big part of your of your skits, exactly. Yeah, Jesus, guys, (laughs) Eric when he starts talking about his mom, it's just. God bless. And she she just she's a she was a bank uh, a banker like me, right? Yeah, yeah. So she's she just celebrated
0: yeah. May first. She did four. She's forty five years uh, doing commercial finance for the bank.
1: Bank of Montreal. God yeah. bless her. And Congratulations. Yeah. congratulator yeah.
0: Let's cheers to cheers to my mom.
1: Yes, but, um, man. Cheers.
0: She was actually getting ready to retire uh, on June, on July first, but because of COVID and the and the stuff that her clients are going through, she decided to stay just to help out her clients and navigate Incredible. this new space. So, but anyways, this show's not about my mom.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay. um,
0: but uh, I have forty five
1: years. What is that? Now, yeah, come exactly. On. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What kind of accomplishment is that?
0: Yeah. Um, so. For me I have a little bit of a safety net here that I can fall into and, I, and I'm happy about that and some I, I I know that that's a privilege and a lot of comics don't have don't have that uh, safety net. so I feel that I can take more risk and uh, which has lead, led me to have um, you know uh, more of a career because you know see that situation where it's like you know I didn't have enough money to fly to Los Angeles but my mom donated like a, I don't know 1500 air miles. Sure. She's like, here. I collect air miles. Here, go ahead. The funny yeah, part is, man. my mom gets her air miles from the LCBO, but uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> listen, she's she's allowed me to take more risk. Is, we, uh,
1: yeah, we all need alcohol these especially we, these days. Oh, oh yeah. my god. So
0: yeah, I, know. Um, I I again I, I'm happy. Yeah, there has been some dark days, but the reality is I'm making a, a living now. I, I mean, I was. uh i mean now i'm making a a serb living uh but uh and uh but you know even with serb a serb is you know again i I don't like to talk about money but the money that i've made with with serb and doing side hustle jobs and stuff since quarantine has started is like maybe equivalent of like a week's worth of shows for me so and i have an offer almost three months so um You know, again, I'm happy regardless. I could I could show up. If, if the reality said that you can only do shows like this for the rest of your life, I'd figure out a way to make this work for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, you know? I know. But you know what? Especially, I, you know, and and I commend you on that. But see, the thing is the whole experience of watching a comedian like you. when And when I say comedian like you, I say uh, a physical comedian. Yeah. It, it's just not the same, right? Seeing it on screen and being live. And the mannerisms and the facial expressions and just seeing it up front, it's, it's not the same. Yeah,
0: no, I still believe I'm but, a big fan of the live performance, right? Yeah. So
1: yeah, so on that note, let's uh, let's get into some topics. I let's agree. To, topic. Let's
0: agree to disagree. Let's here. let's
1: agree to disagree. But I don't know. If, I don't know if we're going to disagree. But it's all good. I I, I just I I said I. I Maybe I, I'll play
0: devil's advocate with you, and uh, and I'll start disagreeing uh, with you. Even okay, if I okay, you. all right,
1: all right, all right. Here we go. Here, obviously, the first one we have to ev- evidently talk about, and I've gotten into fights with God knows I stopped counting people on Facebook and whatever. Yeah. Okay, friends, foes, whoever. Yeah, all these conspiracy theories revolving around COVID, from five G to vaccines they're going to give us the vaccine it's going to be mandatory because they want to put chips in the vaccines and they want to track oh, yeah. our every movement and i listen i've had many discussions and everyone is honestly i'm really i there, everyone is entitled to their opinion okay Yeah. but i'm i'm at my wits end with these conspiracies yeah eric i i i i, I just I, I don't know i i, I mean you know, from Bill Gates, this is the Bill Gates is the one that just blows yeah, my mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, like people have difficulty believing that a billionaire that leaves Microsoft could actually want to do good. Yeah. He basically is responsible for eliminating uh, malaria. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coming up with with different vaccines and whatever it is, trying to uh, end vaccine, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, population control in in Africa, and try to help them. Even the, he's invented something his with the Bill and uh, Linda uh, Gates Foundation, just a simple toilet bowl for third world countries in Africa, just yeah. pro- proper sanitary um, things. And and so I I I don't know why people feel the need. To come up with these conspiracies that they're putting us in quarantine because they're putting up five G towers.
0: Yeah, yeah that's
1: yeah. another one. Uh, the vaccines because they're going to put a chip in the vaccines. I, I've had enough, Eric. I just I don't know what to do. I just, I I don't know you. How do you feel about all this? You, are you even a conspiracy? I mean, no, you, you know, no. Here's I don't think thing. we're talking about Joe Joe Rogan here, you know. But no,
0: no. I I think I can I can I can shut this kind of stuff down pretty quickly. <laughs> yes. Um, go. Okay. So uh, all right. Just okay. <laughs> I want to get into this as as uh, I want to parachute into this nicely. Um, everyone is entitled to their opinion. Yes. But there's so, and I know that I'm guilty of this sometimes, and not even conspiracy theory stuff. I'll share an article sometimes without re without reading it. Like if yeah. I see something like a funny headline or something that's like a you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, I never. I, I'm never. If, if 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 something's like a multi paragraph. Article. <laughs> I click on it. I read it. I'm like, okay, hey, what are they trying to say here? <laughs> okay, I see. All right, yeah, you missed the most important. Yeah, yeah. It. Okay, put it out. Put it out. Put it out. Now I know that I'm guilty of that, and I think a lot of yeah. these people are. They share this stuff. Now there's some certain things that are are considered. I think the 5G, the Bill Gates, it's all fucking bullshit. Do I think that this global pandemic started from a guy eating a bat in a wet market? <laughs> Not necessarily. There's probably some bigger things that's at hand here.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. And
0: I do know that the government can't tell us the truth. They can't. Like, okay. So imagine everyone's like, well, aliens exist, man. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's lizard people and aliens exist and whatever. (laughs) imagine oh my Larry David's fallen um, what, what happened? Ma- what happened? So my, my Larry David this, <laughs> this is not that professional of a, of a thing it's uh, it's taped up
1: I see a little rest of there which yeah. is that Goldberg
0: that's yeah, Goldberg it is
1: I even see it from here it's Goldberg
0: my dad brought that home from the road for me in 97 98 okay uh, Larry if uh, they, awesome. Larry David falls he agrees with what I'm saying <laughs> yeah for sure um <laughs> I, I think that if, okay so if everyone's like well aliens exist man and what if the government just went on and like you know what you guys have been all right the aliens do exist (laughs) they came down and they fucked a bunch of people and they did some tests and uh they left we know about it but we really couldn't tell you (laughs) the people would go fucking crazy exactly so you can't you can feed us hey we're researching this and there's a chance of this whatever but my biggest thing my biggest fucking beef (laughs) with conspiracy theories is who cares (laughs) perfectly said who Who cares cares? (laughs) like okay like people like well i just uh, uh, i think that uh, this is it and it's like okay what are you gonna do what what's what are you what are (laughs) you gonna do exactly well i shared a facebook article and i called a bunch of people i know sheep and uh i i stood out front of something and uh, I had I made a sign. I had a lot of glitter on my sign. It's like...
1: And, the, and and I blew... In, in Quebec, I blew up a, G, a 5G tower. I put exactly, it on fire, man. Exactly.
0: Bre- but it's like... So you do these things. But at the end of the day, the government's going to control what you do. I'm sorry. The if Congress you're is- breaking the law, you're going to get arrested. Yeah. I respect authority. I respect... I think I think well, there's there's some cops and stuff that take power too far, and that's a whole other conversation for a yeah, whole other show. That's maybe but another I mean, show. I think for the other, the idea is, what are you gonna do? I feel this way, okay. What are you gonna do about it? I'm gonna say it over and over again, and I'm gonna make people not want to listen to me on Facebook. It's like okay,
1: that's I just, exactly.
0: I believe in the power of people, relationships, friendships. Um. An interaction in this, you know, I, uh, my, the way my, I see the world is this podcast. And by that, I mean, I w- did something that I love stand up comedy. I traveled another thing that I love. I did a sold out show in Montreal. You and I met. We became yep. friends. You followed my career. We have conversation. Now yep. we're having this conversation. That's how my world goes around. I don't give a fuck about 5G and and if you believe, like, 9-11 inside job stuff. Do I watch the documentary sometimes? Yeah. Do I go, yeah, they made some good points. But even if they're like, 9-11 was an inside job. And then the government's like, okay. <laughs> so now what? What do you want us to do? All these people are still dead. The tower still fell.
1: Yeah. Whether you believe it or not, okay, okay, who cares? What what, what difference does it make? That that's you, that's you know the what, word.
0: That's what that phrase I'm looking for. What I, difference does it di- make?
1: What difference does it make? I I look at it as I think honestly we we have too much time on our hands. Every or or everyone feels the need to complain about something, especially now. Obviously, yeah. that we have all this time on our hands. But even prior to to COVID, it was always. Every, no one could believe that a multi-billionaire could actually say, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna leave Microsoft. I'm gonna donate half of my my fortune to to charities, and I'm gonna try to do good." Why? Why this? It boggles my mind why people have so much difficulty just with this. Bill Gates. How much does he need another hundred billion? Honestly, Eric, does he need yeah. another hundred billion dollars? No. What is exactly. he gonna do with it? I think he can't possibly spend that money another twenty seven thousand lifetimes. It's like it hurts your head. Eh? <laughs> it's I don't know.
0: It's like I, I I saw this in the the Last Dance Michael Jordan documentary, and I think it, it perfectly it, it describes the situation with with Bill Gates and other people in the world. Mm-hmm. It's like uh they the they'll always find a way to hate you for a reason to yes. hate you. Yeah, you know. Michael Jordan or any NBA team, when they weren't winning, people hated them. They sucked. Yeah. They fucking suck. Get them out of here. Trade them. blah, blah, bah, bah, Then they started winning. Then they started becoming a a, a dynasty team, a franchise team. They won six, two, three peats. Again, I'm just piecing this together from the documentary that I watch. I don't know if I'm <laughs> all about sports. But they win six championships. Now everyone hates them fuck the yep. balls yep. they were too good just like the patriots people we hate like the, the pa- patriots yeah. because they won so much yep. they hate tom brady because he's so good you hate yep. him so it's like bill gates and all these powerful people can't do anything without being criticized that is so if they, well said, if they yeah. don't do enough they're criticized if they yep. do too much it's a conspiracy oh he's doing too much he's trying to save us which means he's trying to kill us and it's happening to what's his name now uh elon musk elon musk was everyone's savior hero the guy who's going to come in and revolutionize the world now he starts doing too much and making too many changes and people are like oh hold on elon you smoked weed on the podcast so we think you're
1: (laughs) crazy shut it down this guy's nuts he wants to go to mars he's making too many changes we don't like this what a smoking smoking pot by the way by the way, you, you do know that uh essential services, the marijuana stores in Quebec and the equivalent to the LCBO, the SAQ, have been yeah, open exactly. uh have been open because they are essential services. <laughs> yeah,
0: awesome. I believe it. I don't smoke weed, but if if this shit closes down, I'm in trouble.
1: <laughs> Elon Musk would love in Quebec. Um that's what I mean. I you know what I was so well said. Honestly, I, you I, can't I just, do anything
0: right. It's yeah. just like a fucking it happens in the comedy community all the time. Comics, and Uh, this happened happened recently. Uh, uh, Comics were like, we need someone to represent us. We need someone to go to government and make some changes because we're not being respected as comedians. Uh, We need someone to make uh, more festivals. We need someone to make more recognition. We need someone to uh, really take charge here and lead us to a respectful place. Hilarious comic by the name of Sandra Badalini said, I'll be that person. She started uh, a foundation Uh, C.A.S. uh, Canadian uh, Association of Comics. Uh, I'm part of the association. I should know what it's called. But anyways, she started it. She went to government. She got all these bills. She's trying to make stand-up comedy recognized as an art form. All this shit. She starts making all these fucking changes and all these comics are like, I don't know who this Sandra thinks she is, but she's
1: making <laughs> too many changes around here. You literally, Listen, can, yeah,
0: you can't. Who asked her?
1: Who asked her to do this anyway? It's
0: fucking oh, we did. Crazy, the mumbling. Yeah. And here's the thing. And this is the, the analogy that I take into the into the into the back uh, into comedy. But it works for sports. It works for politics. It works for people of power. Mm-hmm. As a comic. I never perform for the back of the room and the back of the room is not the people back there. The people standing in the back of a comedy club are other comedians. <laughs> exactly. Comedians line up in the back of the comic of uh, the showroom and they stand there and they want you to fail. Yeah. And cause they uh, comedy is such an egotistical thing where they want you to fail. So they go up and they look good. Yeah. It's sick. Comedians are sick. I try to not do it, but even I catch myself doing it. I'm like, I need to go watch this motherfucker
1: bomb. (laughs) Or (laughs) let's steal some of his stuff. Yeah, well, they try to do uh, that too.
0: (laughs) Um, So they, I, and uh, comics, young comics, know that comics are standing in the back of the room. So they start writing, not to make the audience laugh. They start writing in a way that like inside jokes and stuff like that to make the comics in the back of the room laugh. Mm -hmm. When I see a comic do that, their career is over. It's done stop writing and performing for the back of the room. You're done. You've got 450 people in front of you who don't know you or any of the politics of Canadian stand-up comedy, and you're going to perform for seven fucking losers standing in the back of the room in dirty hoodies trying to make you fail? It drives me crazy. I could so see that I stopped writing for the back. I never did. And I tell yeah. people, don't write for the back of the room. Don't write for the other comics. Write for the audience. They're right in front of you. So it's a great one. It's like you kind of have to have that idea with you know with politics and and with sports and whatever this is for the fans this is for the supporters this is for the people who believe in me not the people who want me to fail and the second it's like bill burr has a great bit about it he's like mcdonald's lost the race when they started making salads because he's like (laughs) we're admitting now that our food is shitty if they just hammered into the classics burgers fries milkshakes it's gonna fucking kill you let's go they wouldn't have had the, the the dips and losses that they so had true. instead of saying hey well we offer also offer salads it could kill you too but much much slower
1: i don't want it's salad like, yeah. i'm going to mcdonald's i don't i don't want salad
0: Anyways, I'm getting fired up about comedians. Let's go yeah, on to I, the next. topic. I,
1: I could, I could see, I could see that. This, this, this one is this. I chose this, and I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to go through all of them because we're going through like Joe Rogan here at this point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, long format, yeah. but th- we'll we'll discuss this one. This because this is my favorite. You're gonna love this story out of Quebec. I'm not sure if you heard about this. Okay? the C- the Quebec government um, needed masks when this whole COVID started. Okay, mm-hmm. so they. Put in charge a uh, Quebec City Laval University, uh, who p- was placed in charge to acquire the medical supplies. Out the outset, it was a forty-five million dollar order from a supposed three M plant in China. Okay, usually there was there was no tenders because of the the situation, so okay. you just went ahead. Okay. <laughs> TD Bank that was in charge of doing the actual transfers. This is something wrong here. This this is not cool. This is not kosher. <laughs> okay, so basically, the TD Bank just saved the Canadian government forty five million dollars, being frauded of forty five million dollars. Okay, I love it. Not the Canadian government, sorry, the Quebec government. Now, why I want to bring this up is because I mean, I'm I'm sure you follow the news, and it just it it never seems to stop in Quebec, especially. It's like, oh, hey, uh, 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 Francis, uh, we need about you know 45 million dollars in masks for the COVID. Can you just call some guys in China? And here's a 45 million dollar check. What the fuck? Are you serious? Are you serious? This is our money. I don't know if you. What the? It boggles my mind again
0: i can say this about <laughs> about the province i've been to quebec uh i'd say my so my dad used to live in quebec he's a wrestler for the montreal international wrestling in the 80s he was oh, part okay. of a tag team called the long riders with uh with bill irving my dad used to live at um oh i can't remember the street uh, whatever and whatever downtown okay.
1: <laughs> downtown downtown Oh, okay. And uh
0: <laughs> whatever. So, rue 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 neuf and whatever. And uh he- <laughs> so we my family is very was very accustomed to going to Montreal and, and, and Quebec as a whole. I probably I had probably been to Montreal and no exaggeration. In the last three years I've probably been into the city of Montreal and shows in Lavelle and stuff as well, probably sixty times in the last three oh, years. Okay. Uh, I was going so much. I also have a, one of my very best friends lives in St. Saint, Saint Henry. So he was yep. always like, hey, whenever you're coming into town, you stay with me. You could book as many shows as you want. It's Here's the key, whatever. So that was awesome. a huge... I'm not paying for hotels and I'm not relying on the promoter. Uh, if I say to a promoter, hey, I want to come do a show there, but you got to put me in a hotel or hey, I'm going to come do a show there. You don't have to worry about putting me up. I'm going to get booked oh, on the second option. Yeah, exactly. So, so your friend's doing your favor. Yeah. So yeah, my, so anyways, long story short, Montreal mm-hmm. is a beautiful place. Probably one probably my favorite place in Canada, if I'm being honest. Uh the whole place is run by <laughs> the mafia <laughs> and the bikers. And more so in the eighties, seventies and eighties and stuff like that. But Hold the on. whole it, place it, it, is good. that the
1: maf is that the mafia the real mafia or the mafia and the government? <laughs> well,
0: they're all influence and to big tobacco, big farm. It's all it's corrupt. One,
1: one cluster fuck.
0: It's like, <laughs> you know, I always say Montreal is the only place where you can pay your part or your speeding tickets on the side of the road when you get pulled <laughs> over. Uh, if you go, well, I thought it was speeding, but uh, here's a hundred bucks. Okay, it's good. You're good. Let's cross it up. I, mean, uh, uh,
1: I hope some of my cop friends are not watching this show.
0: <laughs> and obviously, I'm generalizing for comedy, but it's yeah, everything is done in a way of Montreal's.
1: Oh, oh, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> That's
0: the whole. We're going to try keep... it. And if we lose money, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it
1: oh what a city we live in what a city we live in i love, it's really I love
0: it i like i can't wait to come back i think it's gonna be one of my first places that i tour in when this is all yeah. over
1: yeah. i can't wait i wait i'll be i'll be there front and center that's for sure
0: i know you had some prepared uh things but i just saw in the live comments that angelo uh, angelo emicone Ami, yeah emicone um
1: I'm, I'm a corny i'm
0: a corny. he wrote <laughs> he wrote uh are there any subjects topics that he won't touch when when on stage Um, Go ahead. And I, I will answer that very quickly. Uh because we have so we have 30 more to go through. We're gonna what? do a two and a half hour podcast. No.
1: Let me just say just before you answer that, guys. Feel free to put it your on your face um Facebook uh, or um YouTube live. Any questions you have, any comments, go ahead. Yeah,
0: that, and that's nice. And what I say when I'm doing my show, please share this as well. You can yes. see us share it because when you share it, it opens up to all your friends and it creates a whole uh, circle of love and sharing and, and viewership.
1: <laughs> and kumbaya. And
0: kumbaya. <laughs> um so, I, I will say this. I, I'm what's called a, C- a Canadian clean comic, I would say. This is how I would yep. describe myself. Canadian clean. Where I'm clean, but I swear. Uh, because I feel, as a Canadian, I can't properly tell a story without swearing. Now, do I use the swearing as a punchline? Sometimes, but not necessarily. I can do my whole hour without swearing. Yep. Um, but I like to swear. It's part of my speech pattern. It's the way I, I converse. same here um i i'm clean in the sense where i don't do anything too uh sexually racy i don't do any i don't do drugs so i don't talk about drugs uh i stay away from stuff like obviously illness cancer and stuff like that i believe if you got a great cancer joke tell it if you can write a great cancer joke tell it I am maybe not that talented. And I haven't found anything funny about cancer. No one in my life has really been affected by cancer. Uh, y- you know, early death and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and and drinking and stuff like that. That's the yeah. kind of stuff I can write jokes about. But cancer, I don't know anyone who died of cancer. And I don't find anything funny about yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, I've had too many. and Yeah. Uh, See, including my mom. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't know, but you know what leads me to, an it's a great question Angelo asked is, um, I don't know if you know about the Quebec comedian Mike Ward.
0: Yeah, I love Mike. He's kind of our, uh, he's kind of our vigilante uh, Viking who's leading the charge in free speech.
1: How, how do you, how do you feel about that whole thing? And I forgot the boy that he made fun of. Uh, I'm uh, sorry. Julianne
0: or whatever. I don't know. It was a French.
1: How, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Eric, I have, I have a little bit of, a I have a, I don't know. I love free speech. Yeah. Okay. I, I, is, I don't know this, how to feel about it. I don't know how to feel about
0: it. This is why. Okay. This is. I'll, I can kind of uh, narrow it down. I believe that as a comedian, you ha- you are allowed allotted the allowance to say anything you want on stage. The mm-hmm. only caveat is it has to be funny. It has to be. You can be the darkest. I one of my very good friends uh, is a comic from originally from Hamilton. Now lives in Los Angeles. Now back in 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 Hamilton. Ah, uh, because of COVID, his name is Jason Rouse. He is one yeah. of the most vile, dirty, dark comics I've ever heard, okay. but he's fucking hilarious. He says whatever he wants, and he's known for saying whatever he wants. And I've rarely seen him bomb. I've, I've, I actually had to follow him in Los Angeles once, where he went up and basically threw a grenade of filth into the audience, <laughs> and it exploded. <laughs> And then I went up and picked up all the pieces and told stories about my mom. Yeah. so
1: The, the saint. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to say whatever
0: you want. It just has to be funny. Now, the problem that young comics come into, and it almost kind of it goes back to our original question a bit. Comics write, uh, the the and I did this too. I was guilty of this when I first started doing comedy. You write very extremely dark, and the industry is called writing blue. You write very blue. Right, I'm gonna write blowjob jokes, and I'm gonna talk about uh, banging girls and bathrooms, and and in even worse, I'm trying to clean it up to a degree. Yeah, but it's but not even, funny, right? Yeah, even yeah. down, 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 down into that dark blue place that it's called. The issue is that comics just don't have the chops. They don't have the experience to make that funny yet. So it literally is just like they're going on stage and and speaking in hate speech or yeah. derogatory speech. And the audience is so turned off. The only problem is the audience gets so turned off that they laugh because they're uncomfortable. There's a difference oh between a genuine like laugh them. and a laugh of like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is this guy done, or are we gonna have to skip? I have to order the washroom, so I can't hear him anymore. <laughs> um, there's that kind of laugh. Young comics confuse that with genuine laughter, so they think I fucking That's killed cool tonight. One. I got yeah. laughs. It's like, dude, you got laughs because people were laughing at how uncomfortable they were. Now, if you fast forward to the Mike Ward situation, Mike Ward's been a comic both in French and in English for thirty years, I think. He's got a very popular uh, podcast and he's known all over the world on stage. The joke he did was funny, but taken out of context and put into an article and not with no backstory, no audience, no comedy club. It sounds like hate speech.
1: Yeah. So, well, like anything putting it put out of context, right? Exactly. Right. It, you it could, just...
0: Anything like even things I said in this own show, I, I, you know, uh, you could say when I was doing the bit about if you've got a cancer joke and you can make it funny, I say do it. That could be as a, a headline. Eric oh, Johnson Eric, thinks cancer's yeah. funny. Yeah. You know that anything out of context is back. What happened to Mike Ward is he was a victim of not this new this new almost we're talking about before with conspiracy theories everyone now has a voice and everyone thinks they're allotted a voice so everyone has an opinion so now everyone's opinion because all they have is a little facebook uh profile picture this big and all the words they want to write that's their voice and they can attack mike for that
1: but the problem the problem here is that never mind all those people that think they have a voice it's this passed at the human, uh, humano tribal the the Tribune, and he he was he was forced to pay them damages. Yeah. So where how does this impact the line of free speech? Um, well, that's, and that's, that's the whole th-
0: thing that he's fighting against, right? Because he's saying, you know, whether he's rich or not, it's not an issue of the money; it's an issue of the right to speak. Of course. Yeah. And and and. What do I say? I don't know. What do you, what it's like almost like I agree to disagree with the human rights tribunal. It's like yeah. they can, if the woman is going to make a statement about her son and saying that he ruined his life, it's like you weren't there, you weren't at the show, you weren't whatever. And yeah, oh, maybe it was too far. Maybe he, he, see, the thing that Steve Harvey said once is comedians don't know where the line is until they cross it. The comedian is just saying things, and it's not until someone becomes offended where they go, "I guess I crossed the line there."
1: But um, he should be able to to pass that line, whether you think it's in bad or good taste. He should be allowed to cross it. He's not yeah. telling anyone to kill the kid. He's not telling. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I think he's again. He was just he was a victim of of uh, the social media era, the Me Too movement yeah. era, the everyone has a voice and everyone should be taken down without investigation era. So. <laughs> You know, and that's a whole other, again, whole other issue, whole other show. But do I think Mike Ward is a Canadian comedy legend? Yes. Do I think he deserves what happened to him? No. Do I understand where it came from because of the climate at the time? Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. It's not even like, sometimes you just say to a comic, "You had a bad set, but I don't believe that his set was there. I wasn't there that night, but I can't imagine that he bombed, started going into hate speech about a kid dying and got sued and deserved it. You know, I don't, I just yeah. don't think that's the case. So yeah, we'll, well, well, I guess we'll leave it at that.
1: Well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that. Well, even <laughs> yeah. the way to disagree yeah. because we we, we agree, don't have the answers, right?
0: We agree to agree uh, to disagree about we, agreeing sometime.
1: We don't have the answers. One last thing I, w- I want to, I really want to talk to you about. I please, want to get your feedback please. on it. Okay. Yes. I don't know if you know this cause I, I don't know if you know this story. Uh, I love, I love outdoor Sebastian Maniscalco. Okay. I listened yep. to his podcast with Pete Corielli, another great comedian. Yep. Um, it was in the news recently. Sebastian Maniscalco's cousin, yeah. that has the same name as him, okay, Sebastian Maniscalco, amazing, was at home, okay. Because when they found this out, they thought they, they called the family, right? Yeah. Sebastian, what happened? Yeah, yeah, there was a home intrusion, yeah, into his yeah. cousin's home, yeah. Okay, you know that ring I have actually—the ring uh, doorbell. They caught the yeah. guys on video. Okay, yeah, yeah. they have the footage, and all you see inside when they come in. He shot one of the intruders and killed him. Okay. And then you see him coming out of the house. Literally what is, what is, what is Bermuda's down chasing another guy, which the <laughs> cops eventually. So a, a, could you imagine? Okay. They get, Oh my God, Sebastian Maniscalco, the comedian killed somebody, one of the home intruder. Okay. But here, here, here's, is, here's is my, my, my thing of the story, guys, if you're going to do a home intrusion, I don't know if you guys know, Sebastian Maniscalco, father is sicilian okay he's not italian he's <laughs> yeah. sicilian like me and my grand my parents yeah. and my grandparents you're like i'll you show don't you fuck? the gun I have. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fuck with a man's home <laughs> what a, is that a crazy story I've it's don't know if you a heard crazy about
0: story it. i i you uh you were saying something to me about this when we were talking about doing this show and i i purposely didn't read up on it because i wanted to have the real reaction of you telling me about it yeah. first of all that's amazing Uh, not that somebody died. I don't think my take on, on killing other people is I don't think anyone in, in you have a take, I have a take, I have a hot take on death. My take on it is, is I don't think anyone is. Is, has has the right to take away someone else's life in terms of obviously but it's a powerful thing to take away a life that's why i don't even like killing bugs animal anything i don't yeah. i don't i i'm a meat eater i'm not a vegan by any chances but or by you know many means but i i would never take the life of something that's a powerful mm. thing that i don't want to have on me for the yeah. rest of my life so am i is it funny that the guy died no no,
1: no, no. Is no, that it was, funny?
0: That's... Is it funny that you're the cousin of one of the world's most famous comedians with the same name of him, <laughs> and you shot somebody and killed them? Trying a Sicilian guy, a home invasion. Because it's like, here's the thing: Sicilians, when they Italians and Sicilians, when they came to North America, some of them went to Ellis Island, some of them went to Halifax, yeah. and they split. And that's literally the divide. Because if that cousin stayed in Canada, if he ended up in Laval or Woodbridge or Stony Creek it would have been a home invasion and he hit him with a hockey stick or whatever, but because that cousin landed in Ellis Island and he worked his way through the Eastern northeastern United States and ended up in, I'm sure Illinois uh, Chicago area where you're allowed to have guns instead of getting hit with a hockey stick. He got shot and killed. That's, That's really Just a, the temper. Is, the temper is the same. The so basically, temper,
1: it's how he died, basically. Gun or a hockey stick. Yeah,
0: no, either it's, it's, way, you're going to get fucked yeah. up. But yeah, yeah, just, yeah, sure. the Americans just have easier <laughs> access to guns, which again is a whole other episode.
1: That's another, I think we're going to have enough to do another episode.
0: Call anytime. You call That's me. That's awesome.
1: Eric, on that note, I want to say a huge thank you, honestly. Dude. Yeah, it was so much fun doing this. Uh, especially being my first episode, so yeah. um, I'm gonna get slowly back into it. You know, like I I, I used to do with Tony, and um, man, did I miss it! I had so much fun tonight. Thank Dude, you so I'm glad, much.
0: I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk, and I'm and I'm honored that you thought of me. And again, because that's how my world works. We we yeah. met. We saw. I came. I saw. I conquered. We podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, we met. We became friends, and that's my biggest currency in life. Uh, mm-hmm. As and a closing note is my biggest currency in life is is eyeballs and my biggest currency in life is um is is relationships yeah am I gonna make some money in my career probably you know, I'm, I I I work very hard. I make a living right now. Before COVID, I was making a living as if I was working in the trades. But I get to sleep till mm-hmm. eleven o'clock and watch the prices <laughs> right every day.
1: So, you can't start in construction at <laughs> the eleven o'clock. Uh, no,
0: no, no. <laughs> uh, that's the time they come. They go for their first or their seventeenth coffee break. But anyways, um, <laughs> uh, that is a part of my life, and uh, and and that's fine but my biggest form of currency, the thing that makes me happy is this right here. Yeah. You know, conversation and friendship. You and I grew up in a different time in a different place in a different part of the country with a different background. We come together here and we can have a conversation. And that to me is what life's about. Fuck the 5g towers. Fuck the, the getting shot in someone's front lawn. (laughs) Uh, Fuck Bill Gates and the vaccine really what it comes down to is whether we're allowed to leave our houses or not we get to have conversation and that's what i, I love
1: about. it i love it and wow we'll do, did we'll i do, do a good job did i do a good job choosing you eric eric tell us where we could find you on social media and i know uh, it's streaming on on the screen but just to uh, share that and, yeah yeah uh,
0: yeah so eric johnson who uh uh lorenzo thank you i saw that i saw your comment uh yeah. hopefully five years i get my overnight success and you'll yeah. you'll know you'll see me i'll 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 yeah. I always say to people, like, well, how, if I meet someone who I know I'm never going to see again, uh, if it's somewhere out in the middle of Yukon or whatever, and I go, I hope <laughs> to see you again. I go, yeah, well, if you see me on TV, you know I'm doing okay. And yeah, going, That's exactly. Nice. That's nice. I hope to see yeah. you on TV. Um, yeah. So thank you, Lorenzo, and thank you, Angelo, for your comment uh, before. Uh, you can follow me uh at eric johnston who that's across the board Ericjohnstonwho.com is my website eric jo- at eric johnston who is my instagram and my facebook page eric johnston 11 is facebook and uh and i'd love to come back i know a lot of you people are in awesome in quebec and you almost lost 45 mil on those face masks but <laughs> we still love you
1: so, guys, thank you every, uh, very much, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, share the podcast. Uh, share the show uh, on YouTube, on Facebook. And uh, we'll catch you next week with another guest. Eric, again, thank you so much. This has been a blast, my friend. Dude, thank you so much for having me. And I will see you soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks okay. again, guys. Thanks for listening to
0: the Agree to Disagree Show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.